Framework family, Pastor Victoria here. We are uh, going to be continuing on the dialogue that Pastor Parker, Debbie, and Rick had last week on grief. Rick, Debbie, and Parker, they talked about denial. They talked about anger. Um, and so there was quite a bit of information that we got from them. They were talking about how to deal with kids and adults, youth. They kind of hit the whole spectrum of ages. Um, but today, there's actually three more stages that we really didn't get to yet, but they've been covered a little bit off and on. I think we talked about depression. Um, we're going to be talking about bargaining and acceptance are the other three stages of grief that we haven't hit yet. That's right. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Jason, actually, you preached um, on depression. Uh, you had a bunch of information. You even had um, Barb Halverson come in and kind of give you guys some tips on that. And so I think it'd be really cool if you need to uh, revisit that just on depression. Uh, Pastor Jason preached a couple weeks ago again, and just really good information in that sermon. It was really, really well done. Yeah, we'll link that one in the description. Uh, definitely something to go and revisit a couple times, I think. One of the things with depression and grief in general um, that was hit last week and something we just want to reiterate this week, everybody, Christians included, go through depression. And I don't know, have in this room, have you guys ever gone through uh, grief? Sorry, not just depression, but grief in general, all the stages. Have you guys gone through grief before? Oh, definitely. Yes. And both of you are Christians? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's a good example. <laughs> I also have gone through grief, and uh, honestly, you hit all five stages. I don't think I've passed any one of them. And as you read through them and look through the descriptions of denial first, then anger, then you end into a little depression, but then you start bargaining, almost wanting to um, try to get your way out of it. Is there a way around this? Is there a way that I actually don't have to deal with this, which a lot of us are in right now in the middle of COVID-19? Um, and then finally, acceptance is that last stage. So we're going to buy, let's pass the depression stage. We've preached about it a little bit already, a very important stage, and do check that out. But what about bargaining? Um, how do you guys feel? Like, how do people handle that? That's a good question. I, I personally don't bargain well. Um, I feel like when I am going through grief, um, I feel like that's a, a step I either go through really quickly or it's something I tend to skip altogether. Um, the most recent time I've experienced such, such grief was when we actually left Croatia. Um, I remember the, the three days leading up to us actually getting on a plane and leaving and saying goodbye to our friends. Um, I feel like I hit all those stages really well, except the bargaining one where it just felt like I just kind of skipped over that. Um, I feel like maybe I'm, I don't see it I see bargaining almost as a waste of time, in my opinion, only because I know that there's nothing I can say or do that will change the outcome uh, necessarily um, or make it even less, I guess. So I tend to just skip over bargaining altogether and just kind of go right into acceptance. I'm sort of envious of you um, in a non-sinful way. Uh, I'm somebody, like, if you know the Enneagram at all, I'm an Enneagram 8. Uh, it's a personality profile kind of thing. And what's really poignant about the eights is we're marked by the way that we process and experience anger. Um, and so for me, sometimes that manifests as frustration. And so when I'm going through the grief process, I think a lot of the times bargaining is where I come back to a lot. I think between the bargaining and anger phases where I recognize the reality, like, okay, this is the way that things are, or this is how something has changed for me a lot of the times I don't like that, right? It, it bucks up against um, what was familiar. And so uh, 
I just kind of go back and forth. It's not necessarily like I'm in this um, denial or fighting for things to go back that way, but feeling that and sitting in that space is really hard and it takes a toll uh, it takes a toll on your your person, like in all of the ways, emotionally, mentally, like physically. I think a lot of the times for me, bargaining looks like uh, I'm up late, like I, I can't sleep because my mind is unsettled or my heart is unsettled. And so it is a, it's a tough season. Yeah, you just said something really interesting that in the middle of bargaining, you're constantly trying to go backwards, like you're trying to go back to the way things were. You're trying to hit the beginning of the stage before things changed. And we know that grief happens not just in death, but in any type of change like COVID-19 and all the stuff that's happened in our state and our country. Um, And so I'm wondering, how does the church deal with this? I know the natural reaction from the church in bargaining stage is probably going to be try to go back the way it was. But is that even healthy? That is a great, uh, a great question. And I think that I don't know the answer to that entirely. But I do know the fruit that I've seen um, as a result of this season, there has been some really good kingdom fruit. Like we're seeing the gospel of Jesus get out um, in ways that we haven't seen. Like right here, our online presence has boosted way up and we're having people tune in from uh, all over the states. We have people from Canada that join us. I think we've even had some from across the ocean. join us. And so um, we've made such great strides forward that to go back to the way things were would almost result in this other realm of grief or this other grief process because of how far we've come, right? And so I know that we're missing the the corporate gathering. Uh, I actually was thinking the other day uh, while I was driving in my truck, I was listening to music and I was like, man, I miss the voice of the church. Like, it's one thing to come and sit here and have, like, three or four of us singing. That's great, and I love that. But I miss, there's something so holy that happens when we're all, corporately, you have hundreds of voices lifting up the name of Jesus, and I miss that. Um, Yeah. So, and it doesn't mean that everything's going to change. Like, we're not saying that just because we've been doing it like this, we're not, we're going to can everything we've done before. But I think... What I heard you say is that there has been good that came from that. Totally. Um, Christine, in our, in our house, have you seen some good come out of COVID-19, come out of the church? Or have you seen stuff that you want to revert back to? Are you in the—I know you say you don't do bargaining well, but perhaps there's stuff you just accepted and are, and are excited about. I would definitely say the latter. I'm accepting and I'm excited about it. Um, it's really neat. Again, the online presence when you were talking about that. And I, I, I agree with you. Like my heart also aches to be able to hear the church again and uh, to have, you know, I, I come to church a half an hour before it starts just so I can talk to people. And I love the corporate worship, but I also really enjoy like the the personal relationships and just being able to see um, especially on Facebook. That's how I watch churches on Facebook. And so being able to see people who would never step foot inside this building, but message me through Facebook being like, hey, uh, I just saw your church on Facebook and I have a couple questions. Or, hey, I just saw your fa- uh, your church on Facebook and you guys did a great job. Thanks. Or I have a question. And so for me, I love those, those little nuggets of of hope of, of moving forward, of possibility, where, again, people who would never set foot inside of a church building 
are still witnessing church in their homes because it's available online. And in our family, it's been really cool to see how our kids, I mean, this is what we were doing in Croatia anyway. So to us, this isn't something new necessarily. It's just something that we're revisiting but our kids are loving it. Like last week, Jason, when you were singing, like our kids were singing with you on the television screen and it was just so cool. And they were like, look, there's dad. He's up there. I forgot how dad, he's such a great singer. And so it was just, it's really neat um, to see our kids' reactions to, to you and to, you know, you and all the other people uh, on the television screen. So it's really neat in that sense. Yeah, there is this aspect of discipleship that I think is happening in the home, which is great. And and Parker, I know, is really passionate as our, our youth and next generation pastor is seeing sport, spiritual formation happen in the home to be able to sit with your kids and your husband and talk about church. Like, that's a huge win. I love that. And not that that couldn't happen before, but it's almost like that's that's the option that's been available to us for so long. And so it's becoming part of our routine and part of our normal. And that's a huge win. I love that. Yeah, I've actually, this is the longest I've actually gone to church with you because usually when I'm at church, you're up and fixing problems or, you know, you've got the, <laughs> so usually like I'll be sitting there singing a song and Jason's like, I got to go, I'll be right back. So like you actually sitting on the couch with me and our kids and doing church is definitely something I've missed and didn't realize I missed until this happened. And so uh, I don't like what COVID has done necessarily to like the schooling aspect, but I love what it's been doing to our family. Um, I'm seeing the hope and just the, the little nuggets of beauty um, in our family. So, Yeah, and just to be clear, it's not a bad thing to want things to go back to normal. That's what we're talking about. This is part of the, the natural progression of going through grief is that there's going to be a stage where you're just fed up with the way things are right now, with the, with the way that we're currently living life. You're going to be sick of it. And that's actually a normal thing to go through, but you don't have to stay there. In fact, it's unhealthy to stay there because then you're going to keep going back, as Victoria said, to anger, yeah. and then you're going to have to go through depression it, again. It restarts the whole process, it, and that's counterproductive in a way, right? It really is. Wow, I'm having like revelation right now. I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is so healthy. And, and so people have to go through yeah. this bargaining stage and I'm hearing the frustration. I'm hearing through our whole country, people are saying, let's just get back to normal. And I agree. I'm there too. I want to be back to some sort of normalcy. Um, but there is another stage that we have to get to in order to finally complete this. And that is that acceptance stage. And Christine, you were talking about it, that there's good things that have come out of this. I know the Bible often talks about, Victoria, you were just mentioning a scripture when we were kind of talking about this beforehand, about how change can impact in a good way, and that perhaps that God's got a new wind, a new direction that we're going to. Um, what was that verse again? I'll give you a second. Yeah, to find it. it's in Isaiah 43. Um, and the context of this, Isaiah was a prophet um, speaking on behalf of the Lord to the people of Israel who had been in captivity for many years. Um, and I personally like find great solace in knowing that this is not new to the church, like COVID-19 is new and I hate it, but struggles and hardship have marked the people of God since the beginning of time. But the, the promise that we have in the middle of that is the presence of the Lord. And ultimately like that's the pinnacle on this side of glory. Um, and so, uh, Isaiah 43 um, verse 18 and 19, this is Isaiah speaking, 
on behalf of the Lord as a prophet. He said, but forget all that, the former things. It's nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun, and I believe that the Lord has already begun the good work today. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And so there is something that's incredibly healthy, but also like faith inspiring when we get our eyes off of um, the tension and the arguing and get our eyes off of social media and the news and turn our eyes up to Jesus and see what he has done, what he is doing. Um, I want to be a part of the revival that he is bringing. I'm just going to prophesy that real quick. I believe that the Lord is doing a new thing in and through us and desires to use his church to be ministers of hope, to be people who reflect the good news of Jesus. Yeah, it may be good to look at the way that God does new things isn't completely to erase the old. In fact, he often uses the old to create the new, and he creates it by purifying it with uh, fire, it often says in the Bible. I was just reading in First Peter uh, chapter 1, in verse 7, it says, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. When, when you were reading that, the only thing that, that, that came to mind is the, the gratefulness that he doesn't just get rid of the old. And that he actually does create the new out of the old. I think that's a beautiful picture humanity and how a loving God we serve. Yeah. And like this church was a, is a great church. I love being part of framework church, but it, we can even apply that to our own church too, is as we're moving forward, things have been changing here and they've had to, which is exciting and crazy for some, but it's also really nerve-wracking and depressing for others because things are changing. But what's really cool is I think that God is taking the essence of who we are as Framework Church, and he's refining that. And through COVID-19, we're really seeing the gold come, the really who we are, the DNA of who we are pop out. Yeah, I would agree. Um, And that's part of the thing that I love most about the faithfulness of Jesus, that he's faithful uh, in Philippians. He who began a good work in you, he started it, and he's faithful to see it to completion until the day of Christ. And so I love that we're like, uh, we are in process. And I love that uh, Paul writes in Philippians that, that he who began a good work in you is faithful to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so uh, I just, I love that process. I love the grace that's found in that season. And if we're being honest, like all of us as individuals and also as a church and, and as churches around the country, we've had things that 
that the Lord is refining and has needed to refine and strip away. Um, and of course, there's going to be some grief associated with that loss. Uh, but the the ultimate end, end goal of that refining is beautiful because it's the work that, that God is, um, well, that he's worked in us. So we're becoming more like him and more like his son. And so I love that. So through this time, we've, we've really been bargaining. We've been trying to figure out ways to get back to normal. But maybe that's not a healthy thing. Maybe that's the journey that God has had us on. And that when we get to the acceptance stage, we're going to realize that things have been refined. Mm. That a gold has come out of this COVID-19. And I think some of it I've seen, as, as you've mentioned right at the beginning, is that we have these groups of people getting together like house churches. We have families that are actually doing discipleship together, and sometimes for the first time ever, that they're discovering actually reading the Bible with their kids. That gets me excited, like for the first time ever. Yeah, that's very exciting. I agree. You guys have experience on the mission field, right? And so you've been to these places where people maybe are experiencing Jesus for the first time or experiencing formation for the first time. And I think that's a really good kind of perspective point for us to recognize that yeah, that, that happens overseas and in other countries, but it happens in our back door, in, in our homes, and it needs to happen in our homes and in our communities, right? I love that. That's really where Christ works the most, is, is not in a building that you invite people to, like a corporate building, but rather your home. And we've, we found it much more productive overseas in missions. Invite someone to your home. Go to their home. Wow, go to their safe space. And, and just talk about Jesus there, because people are more comfortable, not in a church, but rather in a home. And so we have the opportunity, not just to discipleship together, but to evangelize, to reach out to our community, to reach out to our neighbors, and, and start this process, because we can't meet all together right now. Um, yeah, we're going to be opening the doors to uh, 50 people, but that's still not enough to really do anything here worship-wise. We're too big of a church, but that's not too big for God, because really, we are a church that's spread out. And that doesn't have to stop. We don't have to stop doing discipleship in our home. We don't have to stop reaching our community. I think this is part of the goal that has come out of this, is that this is something we need to then treasure, as the Bible is saying. This is, this is part of the goal that God wants us to hold on to and say, look, we have this that I've given you through COVID-19. We've actually started an official movement here at the church saying something like, for, grab people that you know, grab friends, grab family, invite them to your house, do church together. And afterwards, we'll have questions, eat food, live life together, be the church. Just, you don't have to do it here. You can be, you can be framework church at home. You can be God's church in your own home. And that's how he intended it originally. It doesn't mean it's bad to come to a, a corporate setting and come on campus. We, we miss you. We want to see you here eventually. But that doesn't mean that it needs to stop being at home, because that's where God originally tended us to be, is in each other's homes, in each other's lives. Yeah, it's like church has been kind of put on hold, but the church wasn't canceled. It never has been, and uh, it, it never will, right? Like the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of Jesus. And so we have a really unique opportunity to invite people into our safe spaces, our homes, whereas they may never have come through the doors of the church. 
and to be able to really practically just do life together, to start having spiritual conversations with people. Yeah, we just have a unique opportunity to, to do life with people and to almost like pastor our friends, right? We're opening up our home. So instead of like six pastors here on staff, like we, the church is all over Aroostook County, like little pockets. I love that. And so how much sweeter then will it be the day that we can all come back together to celebrate? Look what God has done. It's interesting because there's a lot of talks about the government trying to shut down the church, but my my experience in missions and our, our experience overseas is that the power is not in the church building. In fact, if they really wanted to shut down the church, they stop us from sharing Jesus Christ, but they can't do that, nor will they. And so if, if you're wondering why is the government putting these regulations, they're not stopping you. They're not stopping you from being the church. In fact, they're giving you the opportunity now to do it in your own neighborhood, in your own area. So take that as a blessing. Do it. Be the church. Be the church in the area that God has you now, because that's why we're here on earth. You have a witness. You have a testimony. You have something to give to your neighborhood that can be the light of Christ, and God's just asking you to use it. And so I don't think we have to worry about what the government rules are coming up. We're going we're gonna to f- obey those as a framework church. We're going to continue to follow those rules and regulations as they come into place. And that's, that's scriptural, right? Like we respect Caesar, but Caesar is not Lord. Jesus is Lord. But in order for us to represent Christ, we respect the authority. And we want to do our part, right? Like to stop the spread of COVID. This disease is the pits. I hate it. So if we can do our part to stop and to honor the Lord first in respecting those around us and those that he has placed in authority over us, then I think that we uh, shine the light of Jesus, right? And that's where I think this Framework Church at Home is a great opportunity for us because now we can have our neighbors come to us, come into our homes and be part of that journey. And uh, that's exciting. So this is an opportunity that God has given us, part of the gold that we've landed in our laps. I, I think what's really exciting about this Framework at Home thing is... Um, you know, you mentioned too that it's it's your friends. And really that's that's what it is. I mean, sometimes you think, oh, I've got to invite strangers into my homes. That's not what we're asking you to do. You're not inviting strangers into your homes. These are people that you, you know, you probably see on a daily basis. These are your neighbors. These are your coworkers. These are people that, that you are already doing life with. You're just now taking it one step further, inviting them into your safe space or inviting them uh, into a neutral area where then you're going to be start talking about Jesus and you're going to start talking about the word and you're going to, you're going to allow the word of God to change them because that's what it does. Mm -hmm. The word of God is alive and I've seen it firsthand and I've witnessed it firsthand. And so it's exciting to me that this is happening. It's framework at home. It's still the church outside of these walls, which is the way it was meant to be in the first place. And so next week, some of you are going to choose to come to our church. Some of you are going to choose to want to come in. Uh, we're going to have to wear face masks. There's going to be a time of worship here, um, all on video still, because uh, we can't have too many people here in the sanctuary. But a great option is to grab friends, grab family, and do church from home. And let us know you're doing it so we can keep in contact with you. We want to, we want to still pour in and disciple and lead you. But 
we are looking to grow the church, continue to grow God's church, not just framework church. And we can do that through our own home as well. And so let's continue to grow. Let's continue to go and spread the gospel. And let's take this opportunity, I guess, and say, okay, yeah, we have been in denial. We have been angry. You know, we've gone through depression time. We've also been bargaining. We want things to go back to normal. But maybe at this acceptance stage, when we have the opportunity to move on and, and really take what God has given us and say, you know what? Through all this, there is some gems. There is something that you have given us through this. And we're able to see those. I think that's when the church is going to explode even more.